drank the dark clouds deeper and ran the wild moon hunting alive with fur and feather as omen apparition we left the moon suspended and leapt back onto the ground Good evening and welcome to the Antipodean Arts Podcast. This is episode... 19. 19! I can't believe it, in the year 2020. And we have an incredible guest with us tonight. But firstly, I'd like to just take a moment and reflect and understand that we are recording this podcast in Kirilpa, in the land of the Yuruga and Turbal people that have not given their permission for us to be here. We are on sovereign land and we are blessed and lucky to be here recording tonight. We're blessed to be able to speak about the things we're speaking about. I think often last year I didn't even think about the fact that I'm able to speak about witchcraft and magic in Queensland and that I am blessed and honoured to even be able to speak these words to you right now. I'm honoured to be able to speak about my faith and my strength in the land of the Turbal people, um, that I'm in Kirilpa and I'm speaking about my faith. Every morning when I drive across the bridge from the city to Kirilpa, I envision the forest that once stood here and I think about the, the native rat harvest that went on and the, the women's magic and the women's business that went on on these shores and I, I'm just lucky to be here and I thank you all for being with us tonight. Ashe. How you going? I'm good, baby. I'm a little high on some pain meds, mm. but I'm all right. Mm-hmm. My little right wing is kind of crippled. Oh, baby. <laughs> I'm not upset about it. It might be what's needed for the world at the moment. Yeah. So we're doing this special thing where we're actually having two guests in a row. Mm-hmm. Rarely do we give that gift. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we give the gift and the curse of us. We given the gift of <laughs> people wanting to talk yeah, to us. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So actually, I think without further ado, mm. let's just fucking go let's for get it. get right into it because there's an incredibly hot gentleman right there <laughs> I want to talk about. Talk about him. Go. Jonathan. Welcome. This is the, the most incredible Jonathan. Uh, we're going to work with your first name, my love. Yes. And the trisk and the spirals that I can't stop seeing. And we're going to talk about the fact that you are a druid, mm-hmm. um, but you are a druid in, I don't want to say initiate, in the Bards, Ovets and Druid group. Yeah. You would put yourself. Yeah. Um, we're lucky to have you here. I've been very blessed to be present for one of your workshops and to hear about one of your incredible books. But I am so excited that you're here tonight. We've actually got you in Brisbane, <laughs> long you. way from your home. Yes. Welcome to the Antipodean Arts Podcast. Thank you very much. It's <laughs> a, a real pleasure to be here. Um, and yeah, no, it's... Uh, it's it feels it feels really it's a, a real honor to be here and it's a real honor to be invited to speak and it's also as as, as you said so beautifully and eloquently at the beginning it's a real honor to be on this land mm. um this sort of um sovereign land mm. here in queensland 
And Queensland. I, oh, isn't it? it was, <laughs> the minute that you're the aware Brits of said it, it, it's a real kick in the guts. So. Yes, I'm, I apologize. No, I'm, don't, because no, I call, still do it too. It's called Queensland, but it's like ironic. It and is ironic. Yeah. It terrible. Is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah and in I, Queensland. My no, my my grandparents immigrated straight from like Liverpool. Like mm. they Oundle, like in the middle of you uh, know Oundle, Oh, really? they were in Oundle, yeah, yeah. And they came out because I was born on my grandmother's birthday and that right. sealed the deal for her. She was like, I'm moving. I'm yeah. moving to Australia. But for them, I was brought up with this great sense, even now it shits the fuck out of Damien because he's like you're what? Who's Damien? He, my fiance. He's uh, like, you're speaking what about the crown now? Like, he's like, they're fucked. Why would you even fuck? And I'm like, but come on, it's the queen. Like, I have, I have this. Oh this my in- God. I know, I know, I know. All I parts know of it. Is a monarchist. It's terrible. We're not monarchists, but I still get this little, like, you know. It's something that was drilled into me. Mm, mm, for sure. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Your your grandmother would never speak badly about oh, the queen. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. We learned. Uh, I mean, you could say anything you wanted about. Well, not really. I couldn't say anything I wanted about the Pope. But it was definitely like there was a separation of church and state. And mm. for her, as a as a, an English woman, she was like Elizabeth carved out power for women in England and she she always ha- mm. had that thing and my fiance finds it infuriating as a Canadian as well that's a, not, not a royalist at all <laughs> he's like fuck that shit fuck royalist stuff and I'm like I understand that and I respect it mm. but mm. Yeah, there's, there's this tiny part of me that gets all funny when it comes to Elizabeth I think um I mean my grandmother is similar mm. um yeah for sure um I mean it is it is it is slightly sort of like it's i think a particularly odd time to come to the to come to australia um over christmas mm. um simply because it's a time when um a lot of i guess kind of those sorts of cult, like highly respected cultural sort of tropes really mm. and 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 you know the monarchy is is amongst those um are being on show and it's specifically about relating to the season and relating to christmas mm. Um, and I was really surprised by just how much stuff there was that was related to things like reindeer <laughs> and snow and frost and all these carols. Right. And I thought it was just, I was just really surprising because I think as a, as a, a person who's grown up in Britain, um, born and brought up in Britain, um, your, the perception of Australia is very much of a, a, a country where Christmas is very much something that's very sort of intimately tied with the fact that it's summer here mm. when Christmas falls. Um, and so people will be outdoors on the beach and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, yeah. you know, I, I mean, that does happen, obviously. But I was my nana did not get those memos. <laughs> really? She was ironing sheets in the morning, so everyone who stayed for Christmas had a fresh bed. Oh, and wow. we were out in like the upper parts of Queensland. Yeah. So yeah, she she stuck to it all the way to the end. Gosh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, it's I do find it. I I really am quite surprised that there isn't more attempt to engage with the season. Um, mm. and by that I mean summer yeah uh not um you know the sort of the, the kind of christmas festivities yeah. of the season because for me you know i mean one of the central mysteries within druidry uh, as as with witchcraft and many other um modern sort of uh, traditions or or, manif- or modern manifestations of traditions um focused on magic is the wheel of the year mm. the cycle of the seasons um 
And so for, you know, Druids in Britain, everything we do is very intimately connected with the what what, what the land is doing at that moment in time. And some Druids, I mean, it varies depending upon people's familiarity with uh, the species that we have in the UK mm. um, uh, or, you know, how rural the location is. Because obviously yeah. if you're in the countryside, there's more indicators of when the seasons are changing. Yeah. Um, but you know, every druid would 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 go out at Imolk and look at you know the the new snowdrops coming up and uh, and uh, sort of you know be inspired by that shift. And that's the very first gentle sign of spring coming. Mm. And the solstice is uh, so the winter solstice for us is a time of new life and new light being hinted at um, at the very darkest time of year. Um, and and that coincides with obviously a series of astronomical changes, which are very specific to where we are, mm. to do with the length with the length of the day and the position of the sun in the heavens. And um, obviously, there are loads of other things that are happening around the same time. Mm. It's often the time of year when you start to see the real consolidation of the cold. Right. Mm, so the first mm. frost will often be in November. It's getting later and later because of climate change. Um, and it's often when it's, although snow is generally heaviest in January and February when it falls, it's often at times where, you know, the whole notion of a white Christmas comes into play. Yeah. And so coming here and, and being surrounded <laughs> by heat and often like excessive, you know, extreme levels of heat. Le yeah, absolutely. The and fires, smoke. awful and fires smoke. and smoke. When I was in Sydney for Christmas, the, um, with my family um, who've moved out here um, the, there were some really really smoggy days mm. and it was horrendous because it was and it was this weird sense of disjunction between the celebration that people were having um, the very point that they were celebrating and this kind of apocalyptic yeah. haze across the city and the scent of smoke in the air that was just inescapable and it equally that mirrors, I think, the sense of disjunction between the content of the songs being played and the oh. and the symbols people are decorating their homes with, and um, and 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 the actual season itself. Mm -hmm. And I think that that disjunction really does speak to some of the fundamental, um, I guess, you know, aspects of modern life which are out of sync with nature, because we we so many people in all countries around the world. Um, but, but I think particularly people, privileged people within the West mm. live in a way which is very distant from nature. Of course. And so it's very easy to sort of, you know, use these symbols and these words from songs and so forth as kind of abstract signifiers that are, that are, that, that, that can be used anywhere. Mm. Um, as long as it sells a product or, <laughs> or, or, or what have you. And ultimately what that does is that, is that same disconnection is leading to things like the emission of ex just ridiculous amounts of carbon into the atmosphere um and and with all the kind of terrible consequences that is currently visiting yeah. on uh, people in the very southeastern corner of australia and right across the country yeah. um so I, I, it is really i think there is there is a a, a kind of a kind of grim sort of similitude yeah. uh, there between between the kind of the disjunction between the celebration of Christmas and the what's actually happening and what's actually now. happening and yeah. the symbols that people are using at Christmas for that festival and the reality of what Australia is as a country yeah. where many of those things don't exist I even had to just because it was a, a very strong feeling that I had 
and it's natural that people are coming in to um, see me to ask about uh, New Year's cleansings and and blessing their new house or blessing their house for the new year and what should I buy and and, and I'm like don't burn anything for fuck's sake don't light a candle don't light a smudge stick Australia doesn't need your fire no. it needs water mm. it needs planting it needs other other rituals that you can do with your family at this time of year mm. please don't burn yeah. anything um find a different way to connect with this part of of the season yeah. and with what we're going through right now it's it's just beyond me that we've got you know um people fighting right now to save towns yeah absolutely with no help from the government yeah which we keep banging on about and we will continue to keep banging on about. Until ScoMo gets off his fucking ass, I will continue to I just, say it. I just don't even care about that man, but I do care about his lack of um, Because leadership. if it wasn't him, it would be someone else. Exactly. He's just I, a piece of shit. He's just a different... Anyway, piece of shit <laughs> to the side. <laughs> this will happen. It's been a hot, long day. He's a piece <laughs> of shit. There are days that I just walk around and, and, and often just am like, Scott Morrison is a piece of shit and I'm just like thinking about it and I text my mother a lot and she's like he's a piece of it's shit. Like, what feeling does he have when he, if he's if he is a, a Christian, if he is a fundamentalist Christian, he And he is, is because he praying, professes it. If he is in in church, if he is in ceremony and he can't ceremony. sense and feel I know fucking I gave him a little bit. <laughs> you gave it, you gave right? him a long thread. But there. come on. They're oh. trying, they're doing their thing. Everyone are they should, are they trying? I'm trying, mate. I work for a Catholic school. No, Fuck. It was it's, fucked. It's like, yes, he's a, this is the, my pet peeve. With, like, uh, my, my, my mother even said this the other day, or my mother and my auntie, and I get why they said it. They're like, oh, he's not a Christian. I'm like, no, he's a Christian. No, like, that's what Christians like, do. He's a Christian, and that person over there is a pagan, and that person is a Muslim, and that person is a Buddhist, and they're all, like, they're all terrible, by which I mean, <laughs> by which I mean, Humans can be affiliated with a religious and spiritual tradition and be an asshole. And I do not think it's okay to be like, oh, they're not a Christian because they're all like that makes this like strange, like zeitgeisty, like phenomenon of like this perfect Christ like disciple who is like blah, 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 blah. But no, he is a Christian and he should be held accountable to the ethos of Christianity. And I guess what I, you. Jonathan, you live in a country that is 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 pretty Christian, and they are part of why this country is pretty mm-hmm. Christian. Yeah, and I wonder what your reflections as a druid and a pagan are um, in that tension with leaders, like political leaders, being so fucking furiously Christian and hypocritical, mm. and or dominionists. Ooh, um, I think. I think you said it very eloquently when, you know, you cannot predict whether or not someone will behave in a certain way based on their religious affiliation. And the reason is, is because religions are very broad uh, phenomena and particularly in the case of any given um, of religions with so many adherents as Christianity, right? It's, it's mm. thousands of years old as a, as a, as a religious phenomenon. And there are many... 2,000. Two, two, just two. Let's just be, two. Let's be clear. <laughs> just two. two. Just two. Um, yes, old and continuing. It's old and continuing. And there have been many, 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 many different manifestations of it. Mm. And those have... And those have included huge numbers of people. And many people have looked to that as a source of inspiration and a source of 
you know, a source of, of profound guidance and support. Um, and others have used it as an excuse mm -hmm. to support what they do. And it's because people have a tendency to deploy ideologies um, rhetorically. Mm -hmm. to, you know, and I think I think. You know, there is, um, there is a, 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 you know, I certainly, uh, you know, thinking about, thinking about this as a, as a, as a druid, you know, I, I, I certainly would not, even though it's a much smaller community, there mm. are, within my order, there are maybe 22,000 members worldwide. There's probably about 5,000 members in the UK, maybe, maybe more. Mm. Um, within that community, you know, you know, it's a very small community, but I don't think, I, th I don't think you'd want to make the promise or the suggestion that everyone in that is we're all like you know these ecological saints i mean i'm sure people listening to this will think you know i've just flown halfway around the world right and i've emitted huge amounts of carbon dioxide probably more or certainly more than i would have emitted doing anything else in the rest of the year mm. um so i think you know it is it is very important to think carefully about the behavior of anyone um, and not just sort of go, they, they're a member of the right group. And I think, you know, having that, having and, and judging people, and, it, and this is, again, this, I think this is a, 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 a case where you can actually look to Christianity and say, well, you know, Jesus did say, judge a prophet by their fruits and, they mm -hmm. meant, you know, by the actions of themselves and the people following their teachings. Yeah. Don't necessarily, and, and, and if you do that, you can see that there are a great many people who, bear good fruit and there are you know if you judge someone by that by their actions and by the things that they try and do in the world you can actually distinguish between people um between people based on their kind of m their moral standing um yeah so i think i think i mean again i think uh, focusing on dominionism and stuff is 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 interesting i mean certainly there is still a prevailing notion i think in britain that uh, mm. britain is a christian country mm -hmm. we have an official church which same mm -hmm. as this country actually does is there, there's a prevailing notion well there's a prevailing notion here that this is a christian country among many but you people. don't have a state church no we no? don't but we are yeah. part of the commonwealth but we and we do like i was baptized church of england like even though my family was not religious they were like children get christened and we will go church of england mm. um and it was just something in that society like in their in that group that they did mm. it would be it mm. would have been obscene mm. for them not to have me christened at some point yeah yeah and that was still in like mid 80s mm. i mean i it's 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 interesting right and i think it is even in countries which are ex, ex, uh, sort of what's the word uh, exclusively it, well, no but the, the, like because there are a lot like i mean even britain is um i think is, is sort of viewed as secular Sec even yeah. though it does have a established a church. variety yeah. yeah um there is a principle that you're not persecuted on the basis of your religion for example mm. which mm. which which kind of sets it apart from let's say uh, uh, uh i guess how an absolute theocracy might sure, work mm. sure um but the way but, the states wants to be well, this is it. So the, the America, I was about to, I was going to say America in their constitution enforces the separation of church and state. Mm. And yet you still have a very still happening. Yeah. You have a very widespread view that America is a Christian country. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a huge amount of discussion and debate around that. And I think, um, you know, thinking about that in the context of, 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 uh, of, of, of British society, um, I think, in a way, it's sort of. Um, I think. I think it's. It's actually very difficult to sustain when you look at the hist history of the country and how a, a real diversity of different 
cultural influences have been at play within uh, British culture right from the beginning. So, you know, you know, I mean, Ronald Hutton makes this point in um, in uh, Triumph of the Moon, where he says that there actually, even if there is no organised witch cult in the mm. form imagined by Margaret Murray and then sort of um, popularised by yeah, well, indeed, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, and popularised by Gerald Gardner, there is still lots of threads mm. which link us to our pre-christian past like of course ancestors yeah. and and things from things like um existing folk practices many of which may well have been kind of triggered by deep-seated um you know earlier customs there's not many there's not a huge amount of evidence for them um uh, but that's because the documentation kind of runs out so you, all you can say is we don't know for certain that this was ancient yeah but you so you can't say it's ancient because there isn't the evidence to do that but you also can't say you can't definitively prove it's modern either it's just because people haven't written about it yeah Um, that it hasn't happened in that shire exactly 200 years 300 400 years we don't know we don't we just don't know um uh, uh, and uh, but there are loads of others like for example that we do know so we know for example that the that modern ceremonial magic has a direct line of transmission back to early uh, magical texts being in circulating circulated around the Mediterranean yes. um, in the first the first couple of centuries oh, AD so, so in, grimoire tradition is. indeed yeah so it comes in via um, via a lot of Jewish mysticism I was yeah. say also into, the Italian Strega yes uh, I don't know so much about that that's not an that area was very that, closed but unbroken lines I mean it's it, I think there's I think this is it we can we can find these threads yeah. and so even under the notion of like Christendom you mm. find a huge plethora of different religious of influences and the presence of of Jewish people the presence of Muslim people the presence of classical influences mm. um all of these have always been in circulation within uh, even very like a uh, uh, sort of you know officially Christian societies mm. um and and in that's even more pronounced if you if you look beyond europe to countries like india and china where there's always been a huge sense of religious pluralism mm. although not always one that's um been uh, officially defended obviously there's been uh, various phases of uh, of of persecution and and um, all the different to, dynasties <laughs> yeah, indeed so like you know you know and there's uh, there's a huge amount of variation uh, you see across the world in mm. that respect um, and again, I think, you know, there is a real there is a real benefit in uh, and this is something that's very central to the Druid tradition in looking for wisdom everywhere and being willing to acknowledge that your tradition will not necessarily have the definitive view of any given aspect of life. Um, and I think there's that that can be a um, there can be problems with that approach, because mm. I think if you it, it can in, in, invite people to cherry pick. Uh-huh. Um, in a way which is um, insubstantial and perhaps um, and and shallow. Thank you for saying that as well, because yeah. I mean I know it's a given. A lot of people talk about uh, cherry picking within uh, spirituality and within witchcraft and magic, but for you to articulate it in that way, it's yeah. very important. It is extremely important because I think I think and it, it, there are there are there are several different um, negative components to cherry picking. The first yes. is that that your actual engagement with the material itself will be will show less. Uh, less less depth and will not necessarily appreciate the context of the point mm. um, uh, uh, that you're looking at. So there's loads of instances of this where you see people um, 
you know, drawing on aspects of of, uh, of of the British, like a good example of cherry picking, right, is the fact is in Australia, right, people choosing little bits of the of, of the Christmas tradition, <laughs> uh, you know, and 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 using that to kind of illustrate their, you know, consumer consumerist practices, yeah, um, at, without actually necessarily appreciating the context of why those things are being celebrated, mm-hmm. and then looking and saying, well, actually, that's not really relevant to this situation, is yeah. it? So that's one example, but I think far worse and far more damaging is is the whole the the, the tendency towards cultural appropriation that can occur, mm. and the sort of uh, rather you know the ab- adoption of cultural practices without sufficient acknowledgement or respect for um, people of color and indigenous peoples who are practicing and 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 and, and have, have have and invented and developed those traditions over millennia uncounted but in some cases and have retained them against all odds exactly and I think that's why it's so important we respect it absolutely and are still and have been persecuted yes. for um for doing that and for we carrying lost, on those practices. we lost people earlier this week in this world burned as we as witches mm. You know, this is still a relevant topic and it is still happening right now. And I totally understand what you're saying. Mm. Um, and I think so if even if there is this this I think the, the key thing about what makes it the difference between cherry picking and between acknowledging that the more the, and the, which is central to Druidry, the idea of acknowledging wisdom from many sources and mm. acknowledging that wisdom exists outside of your tradition is respect yes. and being conscious uh of the humanity of the of the of the of the holders and carriers of that wisdom yeah and not because if you cherry pick you're just treating that wisdom as a commodity mm-hmm. and yeah. the in order to do that you need to essentially dehumanize and and almost kind of sever the relationship with the person who holds that thing because that's the nature of commodities mm. is that they they it's it's a it's a simple quick transaction that entails no further responsibility and actually that further responsibility is the essence of an ethical relationship, and mm. I think, you know, I I I I would I would always this is a, a conversation you know, and I and I have to say you know there are situations where I get in arguments with other druids about this issue, mm-hmm. and I will when I see something that I think has demonstrated more of a commodified relationship rather than a respectful um, acknowledgement mm. um, and a, and a sincere deeper interest. Um, in in both the wisdom but also its provenance and the people um from whom that wisdom has come uh, and and i and i think a lot of us in the community in the uk try and talk about that mm. um but it is it is and but it is an area of um i guess of like ongoing contention like yeah notice like and, and yeah. purpose yeah yeah so I guess halfway through this episode, we still. I want to ask the question because that we do have a lot of people who listen to this podcast who are new to all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, what is a druid mm. in your frame, and why would someone be drawn to it and practice druidry? So I think druidry. So I think the first thing to say about druidry is it is a a, a spiritual practice or a path. Um, it's a sort of a way of life. Um, it's, uh, it's it, although it, there was a lot of publicity in the press a couple of years ago when it was when a, a particular group within the UK called the Druid Network registered as a religious charity, and mm-hmm. this was widely and erroneously reported as Druidry <laughs> being the official religion of the uh, being rec- officially recognised as religion, which isn't true. The UK doesn't officially recognise religions in that way. Um, but 
even though they did recognize they did a, 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 they did register in that way the majority of druids i know tend not to see their druidry as a religion they tend to see it much more expansively as more of a philosophy a way uh, of life a way of life absolutely yeah. um and so uh, with that in mind because it's not really a belief system it's mm. more like a set of interests and a set of practices and a set of questions about the world and uh, i think there are three central uh, areas uh, with which those questions are concerned. And uh, the first is creativity. What does it mean to to create things of beauty in the world? What is, be- what, what is, beautif- what is something that's beautiful? How can we um, embrace, find that within ourselves and then bring it forth into, into reality? Um, uh, the second of those areas of interest, I think, is, is actually the essence is answer to the question of what beauty is. And that is connection, connection with the natural world, connection with the past, connection with um, the energies and rhythms of nature and really appreciating that. In, in the classical sort of tradition, this is referred to as natural philosophy. Um, and in the, uh, in, in the round, the third focus is on uh, community and on uh, specifically on the appreciation of peace but a particular sort of peace and that um because i think when you talk about peace, saying Georgia is about peace it immediately creates the image of this particular form of pacifism mm. so you, you you're for swearing all forms of violence and that's not necessarily the druid way yeah. um the, the there's a much better word for peace uh here which come actually comes from um the anglo-saxon uh language so from old english which is the word frith which means a particular form of amity which exists between friends and family so if you're all sitting around um uh, having uh you know like uh, drinks with your friends um on new year's eve as i was doing the other day and there's this kind of sense of ease and relaxation and trust that emerges and that's what frith is and what I think druids want to do is encourage that sense of peace and amity amongst people mm. um, uh, in the world more generally. And, and there's a sort of a sense uh, of, of a kind of a continuity between those things, because the idea is, is that the stories that we tell and the creativity that we produce in the world uh, arises in the druidic view from a sense of connection, a sense of mm. connection with the natural world, but also a sense of connection with our fellow people and the community that we surrounded us surround ourselves with um and uh, our friends our family and those who are in the beloved dead and those uh, who are as yet unborn and i think um so the question is is if those are our interests if Mm. those are things that are interested in how do we explore them um and i think you have a similar set of three and that the first of those three is through celebration of the arts druids regularly um um, similar to in a spiritual, in, in, uh, amongst spiritual druids, um, there are other cultural movements that practice druidry, um, which are in a more cultural or, na- or sort of, it's referred to as a kind of a nationalist druidry. It's not actually nationalist in the sense of that's often used today in referring kind of right wing agenda. It means more just the celebration of, of particular nations, specifically the Celtic nations. And they, uh, Wales in particular has the, uh, has the Welsh Gorseth, um, of which my, um, uh, an aunt of mine is a member. Um, and that's a, quite a different sort of practice. It's very secular. It's much more to do with the celebration of the language yeah. of Wales and the culture of Wales. And it's more like you, you are uh, acknowledged for your cultural achievements. Spiritual Druidry is more, um, it has a more specifically specific philosophy that it follows yeah. um, and will be more, I guess, um, and is more rooted in a kind of like a, a sort of a, like is more connected, more closely connected with the neo-pagan movement yeah. of the 20th century. Um, sorry, that was a little coda. But the three <laughs> things that Druidry focuses, 
focuses on celebration of creativity, mm-hmm. as I said. And the thing that we hold in common with the Welsh Gorseth is the holding of Eisteddfodau, which are sort of cultural festivals where basically everyone brings a little piece of their own creativity and shares that uh, with others. And, this, and every, it's a kind of a really supportive... Is that- is that a, a singular event or is that something that's brought on in every uh, so um so uh, uh, the the singular is actually Eisteddfod. So uh is the plural in Welsh. Yeah. Um and uh, uh, apologies if my Welsh pronunciation is not as good as it should be. <laughs> um uh and basically so it, these are held regularly at lots of different druid events. Wonderful. Um, so that we have hold camps and gatherings um, right around the year. Yeah. Um, but when we choose to gather specifically for the process of celebrating creativity, that's referred to as, as a nice Deathford. Um, uh, and then um, the other sorts of practices that we do is a combination of sort of healing and divination, which is more associated with that natural philosophy element. Mm-hmm. And that might include aspects of herbalism, aspects of using things like tarot cards, uh, the 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 um, oem, which are the uh, sort of like uh, which is the sort of um, sort of carved alphabet that is particular to, to especially Ireland, but there's also been examples found in Wales, um, which is used by these sort of lines cut across mm-hmm. a vertical line. Um, and um, that's also used for divination. And basically by divining, you can understand what actions are needed to provide healing to others. And so those two come in. And that's also an area where Druidry con- connects very closely with witchcraft. Mm. Um, and finally, it's uh, this is the thing that's associated with community. The way we create amity between ourselves and the gods and the, and the dead is through ceremony, through celebrating the will of the year and the cycle of the seasons um, and uh, by celebrating the relationships that emerge from that. I'm jealous. I want to be there now. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's how you, uh, if, 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 if you, if you are the sort of the, the, in order to become a Druid, I think that is, and if you feel drawn to becoming a Druid, that is the, the, um, that is the, the, the thing that helps you become one and whether or not you should become one. I would say if you're interested in getting involved, then do get involved. And being of service and being a part of community. And Absolutely. Like Absolutely. I, I feel that there is, um, this is potentially a, a difference with witchcraft because in my understanding, you know, not everyone, it, the assumption is, is not everyone is necessarily called to be a witch. Um, mm. Not everyone has that gift and it is a gift that will be given. Anyone could be, but mm. not everyone will be. Yes. Whereas I think Druidry, ha- a varying sort of to varying to a varying extent is something anyone can participate Everyone in to a certain be. level yeah, yeah. it's because it's not i don't see it, it, there will be there is a process of initiation you can go mm. through mm. but that's not essential and there's not a i think it is possible for people anyone from any practice i know christian druids i know druids who are witches i know druids who are, who are buddhists and so it, it makes a wonderful companion to so any more about being um having a respect for energy having respect for nature having respect for other humans other animals that's key yes indeed and the rest of it because it's only through that respect that that sense of amity that i mentioned can be cultivated so you mentioned the the neo-pagan movement or the neo-pagan thought stream and um which is something i've always had a contention with because i feel like certainly um certain forms of uh modern witchcraft actually sit somewhere else um certainly like the traditional witchcraft movement that was kind of named by Robert Cochran post Gardner was, mm. was very, was very much sitting in another plane. Mm. Um, mm. Although these days it's hard to even say where neo-paganism is. Yes. Um, like I couldn't even tell you, and I'm a bit of a nerd about it. So I'm wondering what, what you think, 
because so because it was so off because even though we could go back to even the romantic period and go here are some of its roots and here are some people who called themselves pagans mm-hmm. um and, and we can track their kind of classical mm. i guess reverence but in terms of how we use it now or how how oberon's l ravenheart for instance as someone who thinks he named it uh, uh, you know in the 1960s in, in the US like, yeah. well certainly he is a transphobe um, yeah the the I shade that yes um, he'd love it and I used to be in the Church of All Worlds so I shade it entirely oh good uh, yes yeah. I, I, I speak from within excellent um, so, you know Wicca or Gardnerian Wicca and revivalist witchcraft and that kind of Margaret Mariette thesis of witchcraft um, has so covered um, what we think of neo-paganism today that we even had that horrible phenomenon of people talking at length about the Wiccanet privilege of bullshit, bullshit, bullshit in the United States. And I know you know what this means because you too pay attention to oh, this yes. bullshit minutiae that you and I pay attention to. Yeah. So I'm wondering, what is... <laughs> such bullshit. I'm clueless the about wor- this and the I'm world so is burning. You're better, you're better off for it. I, yeah. like this, I'm going to put my... What I love is, is Starhawk's response. So, so I just have to say this. I love you know, Starhawk. So, 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 so Starhawk's <laughs> response to this, uh, drawn into this, drawn into this Pantheacon meeting several oh, years ago about Wicked Privilege. Um, Starhawk was like, "You know what? I don't really care that the, <laughs> the, I, I'm a Wiccan, I'm a witch, whatever you want to call me. I do my thing, Fuck and the off. world is like." Burning, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what she said, and I don't care. We should have be having. We should be having other kinds of conversations. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I can, where yeah. does druidry sit? Where does where is druidry inside <laughs> of? Because druidry? you're responsible solely for everything yeah. that's happening right now. Uh, yes. Where is Please druidry in neo-paganism, and how does it how, how does it well, how does it work inside of that? And I know you're not from North America, and neither are I we. will. I would, I would, I would be afraid to yeah. talk about the North American situation and oh experience. God, so How do you feel about there will be there would be letters? Um, <laughs> so I, I, I mean, there is a Druid community in North America, mm-hmm. and um, and I've met many members of it, and they are and they are lovely, and I, I, you know, so. But I am also I, I share Theo's sense of. Uh, kind of you know a, a significant degree of like i guess i just feel that i i i, I think i really i didn't hear i didn't i haven't heard that response from starhawk before but i really <laughs> agree with it utterly and it's like there are more important discussions to be having yeah. and i you know i thought the role of the witch is to be brewing storms in eggshells right. not creating storms in teacups right oh thank you for saying that and it's can just... we just for a second because <laughs> is that a terry pratchett fucking no that's a, that sounds like no, a terry pratchett that, that, that is john that is that all is a jonathan, jonathan quote all jonathan. that is that is the, and, and literally if there's there's gonna if there's gonna be angry people getting angry at minute, you oh, bring fuck it fuck it because that's <laughs> say it again say real. it again say it again what did you say i thought the work of witchcraft is to to be creating storms in eggshells, not brewing storms in teacups. Oh, the shade of it all. <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm going to go in such trouble. But but and and while what? Because I think that, not on our show, bitch. You say what you want. <laughs> I mean, I I just I think I think a lot of that. While I can understand where a lot of that ill feeling came from, um, as I say, I think I think you, there is an importance to sort of just think about our broader priorities as a sort of national, as a global community, right? Mm. Or, or a section, a collection of communities that is global. And I think I tend to like Ethan Doyle White's uh, definition of what the pagan community is, um, which 
uh, which in his view, he argued in an article, I think it was published in the Pomegranate, which is the International Journal of Pagan Mm. Studies. He argued that um, basically the the only really, considering the degree of heterogeneity in all these different pagan groups, the only real definition which holds any water is viewing them as a sh- as a hin- as a as a kind of a phenomenon, a movement with a shared history, and that history is essentially a period of revival or or you know uh, or creation which occurred after the kind of liberalisation of, of, of religious practice laws within the UK and the waning of like medium of, of bans on things like mediumship and and and, and so on. Mm. Um, and also the influence of the romantic movement and people basically mm. taking romanticism and 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 deciding that that went beyond a cultural movement and they mm-hmm. needed it to be something deeper. Yeah. And that led people in all sorts of different directions. Some people, you've got some people on one end who are, you know, overt white supremacists who are extremely mm-hmm. nationalist mm-hmm. and have completely different views to someone like a follower of reclaiming. Mm. Um, so, you know, and, and, to, and their practices are different. Their morals are different. Their, what they consider to be sacred is often different. Their cosmology is different. Um, so I, I don't, I, I think that the idea of paganism as a singular movement with sure. a singular or a singular community with a single set of values and morals and, and bonkers and is bonkers. If yeah. you wanted to create a, a broad umbrella, cause I know people have talked about this umbrella. Um, but people have escaped from the umbrella. Yeah. And so, certainly in, in the United States, there has been a big series of like social, like fuck yous to the umbrella. Yeah. So I think, I, I think that's sensible, but I would, I would make, uh, I'll, I'll be devil's advocate for a moment do it, do it. Uh, and defend the umbrella. But I would say that if you want to, because in America, people have talked about the umbrella for a specific purpose, and that is to ensure the rights of uh, pagans are protected from mm. Christian hegemony. And this brings us back to the dominion kind of point. And that is fair, right? That is a good reason to build a common movement up to some point. But why is it that it is just, you know, the the practitioners of these European traditions who are collected and protected under that umbrella and Mm. not, say, Hindus and Muslims and or first nations, or first nations people like nobody African like, diaspora, African diaspora. Like, I mean, why are those, more than anything? They don't want like, anything you've to got do first with nations us. Americans <laughs> that they couldn't buy a soda in town, and they've died for their country. Well, exactly, right? They've so, been shipped to Vietnam. They so have been they wind talkers in Navajo. Well, exactly. They don't Which want to have fair an, enough, and I don't blame them. Right? I don't blame but them. But the at point all. is, is that if you if your mission is to ensure the protection, like ensure civil rights, right? Build an umbrella around that not around a presumed sense of common principles uh, yes. which don't necessarily hold for all of the people that you're applying them to. Because that is, I think, where a lot of this ill feeling came from, yeah. is that kind of attempt to build an umbrella that was that was misaligned with its ambition, right? Mm. If you want it to make it a civil... If, if it serves a civil rights purpose, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm. But make it a civil rights mission. Don't make it an attempt to kind of... Uh, build a kind of community that never really existed. Um, True. I, like I think that. what also is a line that I've always observed and people haven't, maybe they've commented on it, but I haven't seen a lot of it, is that actually that there is more affiliation between spirit workers, mm. regardless of religious and or philosophical affiliation, mm. and those who have been have proliferated through neo-pagan circles where there is little to no respect or understanding of those phenomena mm. and little to no technical proficiency. Yes. So there so so there are so 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 where I have often diverted from neo-paganism 
is there. Mm. It's like, well, I'm a spirit worker. I have no interest in those conversations. Mm. And, and, and you don't seem to even understand that those, the things that I experience are real, nor do you validate them, affirm them or respect them. Mm. So I'm going to go over here. And that's where I have friends in the ATRs or the African tradi- traditional religions. That's where, mm. why I got initiated in a fairy, which is a spirit working tradition. That's, that's why I spend time with reclaiming witches who understand spirits. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't, I don't, there are lots of people that when I first started coming into pagan groups in Australia, just didn't seem to understand any of that mm. at all. And it's interesting because, I mean, thinking about going back to your question about where Druidry fits within all of this, Druidry predates uh, the pagan movement by mm. many centuries. It was actually the earliest stirrings of Druidry as a spiritual phenomenon actually exists as it as a sort of form of uh, a mystical form of Christianity. Mm. Um, and it, many of the components of that aspect of the of the tradition are, are still with us today so um the uh sort of uh the um welsh poet and uh sort of you know the essentially the founding father of welsh nationalism uh yolo Maganog, is actually um also viewed is is is, is the uh, originator of a lot of the practices that have come down to sort of contemporary spiritual territory as well and um many of the orders and organizations that were sort of set up by uh you know people in subsequent years um that you know i think you know are the essential ancestors of of my order and there's a kind of initiatory line through that that dates back to that time in the enlightenment so druidry is actually in a way is more of a manifestation of hence this focus on universal brotherhood right which is Mm -hmm. a very enlightenment value Mm -hmm. um so in a way druidry kind of sits slightly um as a as a cultural phenomenon has its own stream Mm. but then aspects of it kind of got sort of brought into the kind of conversations that were happening in britain in the early 20th century so like ross nichols the founding member the founder of the order of bards and druids of which i'm a member Mm. was um really good friends with gerald gardner yeah. And so there's been this kind of uh, marry, this kind of intertwining, I suppose, that um, started off in the UK and then I think sort of unfolded um, elsewhere around the world as well. Okay. I don't know how what that what that relationship looks like in America with 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 OBOD members in in these conversations. Yeah. But but basically, I would say that um, the question around spirit work is very interesting because historically that enlightenment form of druidry was was very monotheistic right so there wasn't a huge amount of space for spirit work but the thing is is that when you look at druidry in britain today because people are interested in their land Mm. they go out and they see things and they hear things and they experience the land as an animate place and and you see and i think british paganism in general certainly a lot of my experiences of it there's a huge amount of uh the like metaphysical and theological diversity but i think we're quite I think as a country, we're, we're quite, um, we don't tend to, there's not been that same sense that we need to kind of um, argue about that so much. There hasn't been as many arguments yeah. in Britain. I mean, it's very American. It is quite like that tendency oh, to that's like so dirty. I can't believe you said. Well, it. they they like to argue about belief. <laughs> yeah, belief is yeah. really important in America, I yeah. feel, and in the UK, particularly amongst pagans. It's and in fact, even with an ang- oh god, I shouldn't say that. Um, my impression is is that there are. Well, in fact, I am going to say that. No, say it. it. Say this is a safe place. In my in my experience, like I knew people when I was an Anglican who didn't believe in 
you know, the key tenets of the oh, Anglican Church. Half the about- Christians I've met and worked with, even when I worked at the Catholic school system, they don't believe shit. Well, exactly. So it's not, but it's not, for them, it's not about belief. It's no, it's, it's about, about something. About community. That, yeah. yeah. And it's about, or it's, or it's about the feeling that they get. It's uh, about. A, a, of course. And, it, that, and, and, and if that's all they said it was, I'd be 150% behind them. I, well, I do. I, I, I just, um, I, I, so I think, I think for Druids, that like a lot of us are actually, you know, spirit workers and are interested in, in, in building relations with the spirits because that's a mm. way of building a, that sense of community that I mentioned, that sense of respect. It's a way of building respect with nature that I think all Druids would recognise as valid, even if you might meet, there are many atheist Druids, for example, who do not mm. acknowledge the existence of spirits as a kind of a separate metaphysical category. Mm. Um, they might say, oh, well, that's a way of talking to the land, a way of communing with nature or showing respect for nature, which, you know, may not be... The, meta, the the kind of metaphysical view of another druid, mm. but it's still there's there's a sense of an acknowledgement of the correctness of a plurality of of tools, yes. and a plurality of viewpoints yes. and techniques that works because we all have a common set of principles that guide us, and I think that's key. Mm. Yeah, hundred percent. I would always just say, you know, we love it. humans love a good ritual. We do. Okay, we do. We love it for a reason. We do, and we we learn it by heart. We, it ideally, what it <laughs> ideally. Oh, that's well. I mean, we have to Dep- kind we, of we round steered up, off, but um, this is just so rich. <laughs> I'm just so happy to have you here, yeah. my love. I haven't seen you since you gave an incredible talk about. I believe it was launching a book, or you were with Theo. You guys did a no. Talk we were talking at- about sovereignty. Oh. Yeah. So, so we uh, were talking. Jonathan and I were, had conspired into this idea of maybe it was around the end of your thesis. Maybe that's what you're thinking of. Yeah. But it was about sovereignty from the point of view of Druidry and witchcraft. You finished writing something, and I was yeah. meeting you, mm. and I was super nervous. Oh. And I tried to take you away to have a drink, and you couldn't have a drink. And I was like, oh. he doesn't want to hang out with me. Oh no 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 no! Yes. That was just him. British. He's I'm just, oh, British. I just love him. <laughs> um, I guess what I mean, we're coming. I feel very like that close. shouldn't be an excuse for anything. I feel like that should be that should be a reason for me to not feel excused. He's just Mm-mm. British. Um, yes. Okay. So this is really interesting because I have heard the same thing said about uh, Wiccan witches. Um, I've, I've I've seen and read them and heard them talk as as my friends. Oh, you can be an atheist. You can be an animist. You can be a polytheist. Mm. But here's where I'm going to go out on a limb and say this thing. Actually, <laughs> do it. Do I'm it. not a Wiccan witch, but in, ter- but in terms of witchcraft, these categories of belief and theology are irrelevant. Yes, because you're either you're either conducting business with spirits or you're not. Yes. And that's my line. That's mm. it. I'm like, if you're, ex- 100%. if you're experiencing that you are conducting business, I'm just saying it this way with the spirits or having erotic intimacy with them, you are probably participating in it. And the ecstatic it's sorcery. It's none of my fucking business what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Just I, do I, it. I could listen. I could listen to fear talking about business but all do, day. But, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Because it's like atheist, polytheist, animist. I've, I don't care. Like yeah. it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter. What to are me. you doing? Yeah. And 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 what, and are, and what, what are the consequences? Hey. Hi. hi. This is Ash. Come yes. in. Come in here, Ash. Ash just come in to go, look, you guys have been talking yes, for I've way been trying too long. To wind us up we at can't my wind phone. up, but we finally got Ash back in the country, and I think that you should say something because sorry to interrupt our no talk, worries. Jonathan. This beautiful gentleman has been the whole reason that the Antipode and Arts podcast mm-hmm. has come about. And we Thank finally you. got you back from Germany. So tell us how you are. Good. Oh, happy new year. <laughs> happy new year. <laughs> this is the person who, uh, who does all the uploading and the putting together of things that we can't do. The real magic happens when Ash gets in the studio and we oh. send him our files, even if he's in Germany. 
building board games. Yeah. Wow. It's way simpler than you make it seem, but thank you. No, you do amazing stuff. And you make this space for us to be weird in. You make it look simple, I'm sure. Like, you're just just so accomplished, it's just... Absolutely. And you make us feel like we're doing something exciting and worthy. Well, uh, I'm really happy that you're using the space and really bringing it to life. It was it was good. I'm only back for a week, and it was good that I got to see it mm. yeah. working and, uh, yeah. Amazing. And Living. how are things going in Germany? I want to hear about the game. They're called I'm Making a Game, a board game about spooky vampires in Europe. Woo-hoo! Many people who listen to this podcast would be into this. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us all about it. Well, it's about spooky, sexy vampires oh. and um, Yum. the other vampires that they make through times. <gasps> oh, wow. Girl. I feel like I feel like that would be like Shut a up. really good name for a glam rock f- band. Like spooky, sexy vampires. <laughs> spooky, sexy vampires. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, na- is that the name? No. It's you- oh, why not? Title. Working title. It's vamp. If you did, if you were into like role playing games or geek stuff in the nineties, yes. Yeah. Um, yes. A, so all, all the sort of like fantasy geeks played Dungeons and Dragons, and mm-hmm. all of the goths played Vampire the Masquerade. I remember Vampire. Uh, the Masquerade. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Game and stuff. So yeah. So it's a part of that world. That's right. Are you saying it's a fusion? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Between drunk, d- Dungeons and Dragons and Vampire the Masquerade. Oh, no, wow. No, 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 no. I'm just putting that in your mouth. Um, what is it? Good word. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Bitch, please. Um, so oh. Do you know what I have to deal with when you're not here? Oh, fuck This you. is what Brilliant. I have to deal with. I mean, Fear was just, disgusting. This has just evolved at this point. Fear was, was talking about business just before you I was talking in. about business. It was, it was like... Business. This business. This business. Anyway, thank you, Jonathan, for being on our podcast and being so eloquent and erudite. Thank you for having about me. About druidry, which oh, is actually awesome. really hard to be erudite about. It is. <laughs> it is. Like, you are the first person who made any sense to me. Oh, well. I know a lot of druids and I was like, oh, finally, it makes sense. I just don't understand. And then you said something three years ago at, in Eclectica when we were talking and I was like, oh, it makes sense now. Oh, I'm The really- love of justice. Yes. Can you say that thing, the quote? You Please, because that's what. Oh gosh, I can't remember what I said. You said well, the love of justice and the. So I th- it might I might have said the. Um, I think you said the prayer, the druid prayer, the druid prayer. Yeah. yeah so I think that might have been in. So it, which is? And let's this close is what, on it. Let's, let's close, close on, on it. it. How lovely! Uh, so grant, O oh gods, thy protection, and in protection, strength, and in strength, understanding, and in understanding, knowledge, and in knowledge, the knowledge of justice. And in the knowledge of justice, the love of it. And in the love of it, the love of all existences. And in the love of all existences, the love of the gods and all goodness. There it is. Thank (sighs) you. Good night. On the hill that lay beneath the wolf sky, we felt the dark clouds falling, an omen apparition. And with the thunder rolling, our how preceded the storm. We lay beneath the wolf sky. We lay beneath the wolf sky. This has been the Antipodean Arts Podcast. Music by Wendy Rule. The song is Wolf Sky. <laughs> <laughs>